Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Fourth Estate Drive Time. This is your host, Marty Duran, coming to you live from I-40 westbound into beautiful downtown Nash Vegas. Good Tuesday morning to you. CNN, Washington Post, and others are reporting on four bills rejected by the U.S. Senate yesterday. Introduced from Democrats and I think one Republican alike, these bills would uh, would seek to curb the ability of suspected terrorists to buy firearms and would have strengthened background checks on firearm purchases uh, across the United States. Um, all four bills were defeated along party lines, meaning Republicans generally voted against them and Democrats generally voted for them. Although there were one or two instances of crossing over uh, on each side. Uh, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell said, no one wants terrorists to be able to buy guns. Uh, and then voted against the four bills that would have, uh, at least in theory, stopped terrorists from doing just that. Now, uh, a couple of things in this regard. First, uh, after San Bernardino, the exact same type of legislation was introduced, uh, maybe in the House. I'm not sure if it was the House or the Senate. But there was a similar introduction, uh, similar legislation introduced that would have uh, curbed the ability, or at least in theory, curbed the ability of suspected terrorists to purchase firearms. And uh, there was a warning flag raised because there were two or three people, I think one even in the media, who had indicated that they had uh, gotten on the uh, terrorist watch list or the no-fly list or something along that line. uh, And... They didn't know how they got on there, and they were having a lot of difficulty getting off of uh, that list. And so it seems like there was a no-fly situation involved with one of the San Bernardino killers, and there was the terrorism watch list uh, situation involved with the Orlando shooter, Mateen. And, uh, and so the Republicans and others uh, raised the flag that said, well, wait, this is going to be unfair because some people get on these lists and A, they don't know they're on the lists or B, they don't know how to get how they got on the lists or C, they can't get off the list. Um, and so here's the thing, in my view, my humble opinion, that if the GOP were ever going to be serious about background checks, keeping, the, keeping firearms out of the hands of the wrong people, etc., suspected terrorists, people who are under FBI investigation or DOJ investigation or whatever, Department of Homeland Security, then rather than just running up the flag and saying, oh, we can't do this because Dick Cheney might be on the terrorist watch list, then there should have been a, an immediate and overwhelming move by the GOP in both houses of Congress to tighten, the, tighten any loopholes, and I don't know if how loopy these loopholes are. I'm just going by uh, the the spirit of these bills. To to tighten any loopholes, whether it's gun shows or whether it's pawn shops or whatever it might be. Uh, And second, to to tighten the loopholes and to strengthen background check sharing information. I think that that is one of the 
issues uh, at hand is there's a um, there's a glitch in everyone by that I mean states uh, ability to get all of the background information that is necessary to provide all the checks necessary again I'm not saying that's accurate it is the issue that is raised so the GOP could have taken the bull by the horns and said uh, all right let's get this background checked information taken care of let's figure out where the breakdown is and let's get that addressed immediately uh, if you remember, President Obama announced that he was going to take a series of executive actions, which uh, Sean Hannity and others believed that to mean they were going to get, come get all the guns from uh, rural Georgia. And uh, what it ended up meaning, which was exactly uh, pretty much what he said it was going to be, was he addressed the, the weaknesses in the existing law where, for instance, the FBI and the ATF or whoever weren't communicating or there were some kind of legalities that prevented XYZ from taking place to strengthen existing law. Those were the things that he addressed. The, um, the Republicans could have come in and uh, said, we want to make sure that there are no problems in the existing laws, that there are no breakdowns in the existing laws, there's no conflicts, there's nothing that would prevent a background check from being done uh, in a way that would prevent the, the, a firearm from falling into the wrong hands. The uh, second thing that they could have done was introduce legislation to make it easier for a person to fight being on the no-fly list or the terrorism watch list or whatever the case might be. Uh, a person goes to buy a firearm at Pops Guns and Goods. He's told, uh, sorry, we can't sell you this firearm because you're on the terrorism watch list. Uh, Pop is able to print out a document that's supplied by the FBI or the DOJ uh, that person is able to immediately fax or email that document to their senator or their congressman or to a hotline number or a specified email address or whatever. Uh, there's an immediate search done, uh, an interview if necessary. The government finds out, oh, wow, we really messed up. This is not supposed to be John F. Jones. This is supposed to be John J. Jones, and we don't even know where John J. Jones is. So sorry for your trouble, John F. Jones. He's able to go back to Pop's Guns and Goods and finish his firearms purchase in, say, two to three weeks, uh, or whatever. Um, yet, to my knowledge, no such legislation was introduced. So, uh, once again, guns, um, gun legislation is uh, one of the more overly inflated political footballs in our country today. Uh, to those who are listening who might be on the left, uh, let me just hasten to say that um, being the potential of being on a no-fly list or a terrorism watch list unknowingly is problematic. This is not something to just shoo under the rug. And just as the GOP could have introduced legislation to address that issue, uh, the Democrats could have introduced legislation to address that issue. If they were smart, they would have taken away uh, the GOP's reasoning and they would have addressed it, then they could reintroduce other legislation potentially before Orlando. Uh, so this is not going to go away, but uh, again, breaking through and trying to find the facts behind these things uh, is, an, is, is a, an important step. And uh, Mateen, having been investigated by the FBI but no longer under suspicion, uh, did leave, it seems, a gap in which uh, he was able to purchase these arms. Now, the Daily Beast is reporting today that Obama plans to admit publicly uh, that civilians have died in the drone war. 
Uh, he supposedly is going to um, write an executive order or issue an executive order that will require the government to report annually how many civilians have been killed uh, by our secret drone war. Uh, remember, this is a good. This is a really, really good illustration uh, about government secrecy. If you remember the use of drones to carry out high-profile assassinations and to try to stop terrorism in remote places of Pakistan and Afghanistan. Uh, started in the Bush administration around his last year or year and a half. Obama inherited the uh, the drone war and has used it greatly uh, and also included other countries such as Yemen. Uh, there are a number of write-ups, if you, you can find them, they're not hard to find, about the, uh, the terrible effects that the drones have on people who live in those areas, and by that I mean civilians who aren't involved in anything as the Western Coalition searches for um, suspected terrorists in those areas to take them out via some kind of Hellfire missile from 30 miles away. That aside, Obama plans to announce, according to the Daily Beast, that 100 civilians have been killed in drone activity since 2009. So between 2009 and 2016, supposedly 100. Now, it's good that he's admitting this. It's good that the government finally acknowledged that we do have a drone war. But most independent organizations, and I've read on this a number of times over the last several years, would put the number of civilians killed at closer to 1,000. So uh, 10% of the estimated total is going to be acknowledged by the American president who is the chief architect um, or ongoing I should say he he has been called the assassin in chief because he has to give the approval for uh, or has through the years given the approval I should say for uh, each time a person is taken out via drone so going to admit it but not going to tell the whole truth it seems And then, last of all, uh, the Trump candidacy. Now, when Donald Trump announced, I had close friends who assured me that he was a Clinton plant, and his entire goal was to win the nomination so that he could deliver the presidency to his good friend Hillary Clinton. Now, if you're a conspiracy type, uh, I have to admit that Uh, There is a certain amount of sense that this makes, especially seeing what Trump has done since he's won the nomination. If you're not aware, since Donald Trump won the nomination, or at least became the presumptive nominee, in other words, he's got enough pledged delegates to win, he has spent zero dollars advertising in battleground states. So the states that the GOP has to have to win the presidency, Trump's campaign hasn't spent a single dime on advertising in any of those states. This according to the Daily Beast and actually others have reported that as well. Uh, Not only that, Trump has almost no cash. He took in about $3 million in May. By contrast, Hillary Clinton took in about $24 million in May. And in 2012, Mitt Romney took over $75 million in May. And Trump has $3 million. And you say, well, Trump said he was going to fund his own campaign. No, Trump changed his mind on funding his own campaign after he won the, uh, after he became the presumptive nominee. If you'll remember, he claimed that the GOP was going to now uh, take care of his fundraising 
and that he was going to change strategies and he was going to do fundraising for his campaign, uh, which he has not proven to be very adept at, which goes along with uh, a lot of other things relating to Trump. Uh, however, there's, there's some more information there about how he is spending what money that he does have, and uh, it's pretty insightful as to how many of Trump's businesses are profiting from money spent by the Trump campaign. And all this is in FCC disclosures. Probably none of it is illegal. I don't think that that is the accusation. But it is uh, it's interesting that he's running a campaign that, that now looks like it's, it has no chance. And so he's taking the opportunity to have as many meetings as he can at his places of business and uh, et cetera, et cetera. So read up on that. Um, be aware. Trump may very well go down in flames whether he wants to or not. Hillary may very well win under FBI investigation. And uh, just, I guess we can hold our noses. This is Marty Duran, and you're listening to the Fourth State Drive Time, brought to you by Roundtable Media Group. If you'd like to advertise on the Fourth State, please call me. I'll cut you a deal for July. A deal for July, $10 for the whole month. Contact me, email me, marty at roundtablemediagroup.com. It's one of the better deals you're going to find, and you'll get as many mentions as I can work in through an entire month. Thanks for listening. I really do appreciate it. I don't say that just in radio voice. I really do appreciate it. And if you could rate and review The Fourth Estate at iTunes, that'd be awesome too. Or share it with your friends, that'd be fantastic. Until the next time, as always, I hope you have a fantastic day. 